Real simple. The Word of God breaks hard hearts and heals broken ones. So, Father, we just ask that you would do exactly that today. That you would do that in us and for us. Wherever we are today, let that be true, God. That you would break hard hearts and that you would heal broken ones. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, I've been wanting to go through another book of the Bible with you guys for a while. The last one we did was the book of Romans. Can you guys kind of kill these uh, monitors up here or wherever? Okay. Um, the last one we did was the book of Romans. And if you would remember, as soon as we started that one, a tree fell on our building. And we were out of the building for the next six months. And so most of the book of Romans, which talks about growing and enduring and rejoicing even in our sufferings, we got to go through while we were struggling, not only outside of our building, but outside of many of our comfort zones, outside of everything that we had taken for granted. And, but it's also in Romans where the word says in 828 that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So because of that and because of that time together today, the children had a full, they're having a full service next door. I wish we could have went live to kind of show you, but it's amazing over there. This, while you guys were worshiping, they were in there with puppets and this and that. And now they're breaking up into groups and it's just an amazing thing that they're doing next door. And, and that's all as a result of what got accelerated when we were outside and out of our comfort zone. Right? So I want to start another book today. Whatever happens, happens. All right? And we trust whether we're healed or broken, it'll work together for our good. Amen? I like to start the book of Ephesians. And I love going through entire books of the Bible with you because when we're done, if you came out and, and was a part of it or if you were listening online and you were a part of it, then my prayer is that you would be equipped to stand and walk and continue to walk and be stronger and be better. Amen? I want you to be better. I want you to be stronger. I, I'm tired of anemic Christianity. I want us to be able to live this thing out outside of here. Somebody say amen. Paul, Paul told us back in Romans 10 when we were studying there that faith comes from hearing and hearing is and the message is heard through the word, right? And so as, as you guys know, if you've been here for a while, we like to vary our, our teaching methods and even our speakers here. But the goal every week is to have the word of God. Yeah. I, I don't want you to have a, a diet of personalities or, or people's hearts or feelings or dreams and illustrations and stories. And, and, and listen, those are tools for teaching and learning, and, and I love that, right? God uses all those things. We read in the scriptures how God speaks through dreams and how Jesus himself didn't just quote the scripture that was available at that time. He used stories and illustrations. And because Jesus is the word, his stories and illustrations became the word. That's good, right? So anyway, so I love how God uses all of that. And ultimately, the, those that God has called to preach and teach, he equips and he empowers. But ultimately, faith comes from hearing the word. 
Right? And so it all has to have its basis on the word. I don't see anywhere in scripture, and I don't believe God wants us to come together and tell each other how good you are, how blessed you are, how, how God loves you, and nothing else matters. We can't talk about our best life now if we've read the word and understand this is not your best life now. Can, can we agree? This is not your best life. We, this is, how can we compare living in this sin-sick world where kids are killing each other in schools and where, where prayer is not allowed, by the way, and where people would rather defend an endangered species of caterpillar while we're killing children in the womb? Can, can we talk today? Is that all right? Because it got quiet. This is not our best life. We, we can't walk around. Listen, as long as we're in this flesh, this tattooed, marked flesh, as long as we're in the, this flesh will never serve God. It will never want to serve God. It'll never want to please God. It'll always be opposed and against God. And we have to constantly make it our slave to, to, to walk and to serve God. Somebody say amen. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, are you going to have your best life? He said, in this world, you're going to have beef or oh, trouble. I, I used the wrong edition. In this world, you will have trouble. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I won't be disqualified for the prize. Is that a picture of your best life? See, for every gospel message you could hear today, there's five messages that you could hear about how good you are and how God loves you and he doesn't care what you've done and how you live, but that is not the full gospel. Can I, can I tell you today? That might make you feel good for a moment. That might make you, you know, feel that need that you have to be stroked. That, that might fill buildings, that might generate money, but that's not going to help you be the man or woman of God that God called you to be. The truth is, God loves you. The truth is, He already knows where you've been. He already knows what you've done. But the, also the truth is, it matters how you live. Are you still with me this morning? It matters what you do once you know. We can't keep God in Sunday. If he's God, if he's going to be the Lord of my life, then he has to be the Lord of my life, not the Lord of my domingos. See, we've all been called to live different. In today's culture, everybody wants to be spiritual, but nobody wants to do what God said to do. Everybody wants to redefine spirituality. We do it in, in you know, yoga. Like, like that's God. We want to redefine spirituality. But listen, let me, let me give you, let me let you in on something. If you didn't create it, you can't redefine it. And I just want to let you know, that's not what I've been called to do. That's not what this place is here for. Even in my other job, I've been called to fix things that are broken. If you know I work in IT and I don't get paid to show up and tell you, I, I know your system isn't working well right now, but the company still loves it. I know your printer's broken, and it might not be doing what it's designed to do right now, 
but it's still so good. No, my role is to identify what the problem is and work towards correcting it to ensure that the thing is doing what it was designed to do or it's got to go. And that's all I want for us. I believe that's the heart of God for us, that we would walk in what we were designed to walk in. And that's the message in the book of Ephesians. We we read a key verse last week, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. (coughs) We settle for so much less than that. Mainly, I think, because we really don't understand the thing that God has done beforehand. We don't see everything that he's done and and so that we can walk in the way that we've been called to do. And So I want to title this beginning of Ephesians, I want to title it, Been There, Done That. Through this book, let me explain that to you real quick. Through this book, God is going to show us that no matter where we've ended up, listen, no matter where we've gone to run from the presence of God, because God is outside of time, he's been there. No matter where you've ended up, no matter where you go to run from God, God says, I've been there. And because he's outside of time, everything you need to get back to where he's called you to be, he's done that. Been there, done that. Somebody should thank God. Ephesians is a really short book. It'll probably take us half a year. It's only six chapters. But there's a lot of familiar scriptures in there. There's a lot of scriptures that you guys put on t-shirts, you put on bumper stickers, you, you put on, on your, on your web, website, you put it on your Facebook. There's a lot of familiar scriptures in there that you probably are taking out of context. And so we're just going to dig into to Ephesians and we're going to learn. Amen? The three first chapters are pretty much all about what God has done. And the last three chapters are about what we should be doing. The entire book takes about 15 minutes to read. So what's my challenge to you this week? If you've never done that before, this is a greater place to start as any. Download the Bible app. Take advantage of that travel time to and from work. Take advantage of that bathroom time. Come on. That's a, that's a good place to read. Use the bathroom time. Take advantage of that time when you're at the store and your wife is trying stuff on. Take 15 minutes. That's two, three outfits right there for stuff she's not going to buy, usually. Take advantage of that time and uh, get Ephesians under your belt. Read it through this week. Read it through next week. Read it. So, when I'm, so when we're digging in and when we're sharing, it's not like... Brand new. You already know where, what it is. You already know what's in there. Hopefully, God will kind of start illuminating and kind of start dropping revelation and getting us. Amen? Okay. So, I have, um, we're going to get, we're just going to get started in Ephesians this week. We're not going to go real far, but the, the, we're just going to do the first couple of verses. But before we get to that, I have a movie reference for you. This is normally a Josh thing, but I think Josh, this is going to make Josh very happy. Um, it's a movie reference. I, I want you to really get this and, and kind of meditate on this as we get into the word. Uh, in the latest Marvel movie, 
How many of you saw Infinity Wars? Okay. I'm not, no spoilers. I'm not going to tell you that everybody dies at the end. I'm not going to ruin anything for you if you haven't seen it. Um, Infinity Wars. All of, uh, there's a scene in the movie where all of the good guys are fighting this one super villain. And they are quickly getting their butts beat. And it's bad. They're getting like beat up. No matter what they try, they're getting beat up. And for one moment, Dr. Strange kind of zones out. And um, Tony Starks asks him, what are you doing? And he says, I'm looking into the future. And um, he tells Tony Starks, I've just looked ahead. I looked into the future and there are 14,604,000 possible outcomes for this battle. And so Tony Stark says, how many do we win? And, and, and Dr. Strange says, only one. And so he's checked out every possible scenario, and he's seen there's only one way that they could win this battle. Let's go to Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Read along there with me. It says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That's a real long as a matter of fact, in the Greek, it's almost all one sentence. It's one thought. You know, we added the numbers later on, right? So it's all one thought. And, and let's just dig into it a couple of pieces because it's amazing. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Who's he talking about? Mankind, people, right? Humans. He has blessed us in Christ. Who's he talking to? He's talking to believers. He's talking to the Christians. He's talking about mankind. He's talking to those in Christ. He's saying, in Christ, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Some of us could stop there and say, wait, 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 man. I don't have every spiritual blessing. Anybody? No, you guys are all super blessed? Let's just pray then and, and close the service. You guys are awesome. I'll go share this with another bunch of heathens or something. 
We can say, man, you know, there's people that I know in Christ, man, and they work in healing and they pray and people get healed and they, and they, you know, they're always being blessed and they're always, and there's other people, man, that they, that God always gives them because they're always giving and they're always compassionate and there's other people that they're just nice people. I'm a cranky Christian and, and you know, we could, we could talk about other people and we say, man, this, this, I don't have every spiritual blessing, but remember last week we talked about in first Corinthians, in Christ we're one body. Right? So we, so together, we have everything we need. Amen. Together, apart from one another, we only have what we can carry. Come on. Apart from one another, we, that's why, listen, it's awesome that, you know, some of you are watching online, but to be part of the body is what we're called to do. To be, it's, it, it's awesome. When together, we have every spiritual blessing. We have all the spiritual gifts together because we're one body. God has done this for us. And, right, and so we're talking about everything that God has done in this passage. But it's even more than, than spiritual gifts. We've been given in Christ every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, the word says. Watch, watch, watch this list. This is amazing. We have redemption. Verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood. What does redemption mean? It means we were redeemed by the blood. What does redeemed mean? It means gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. To those reading this back then, it would have meant purchasing one's freedom. So we've been redeemed. Our freedom has been purchased. Somebody say amen. See, by the blood, we've been made free. In, in Christ, we also have, what, what another thing he mentioned there, we have forgiveness. Does anybody need forgiveness this morning? Verse 7, it says, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So all of our trespasses, everything we've done that can be counted against us has been forgiven. How? By the blood. By the cross. Did we do anything to earn that? Grace. Anybody in here good enough that deserves forgiveness? Not one of you. Let me just let you know. Not one of you. Some of you are nice people. Not one of you are good enough to earn forgiveness. Not even the grandmas. You're not good enough to earn forgiveness. Amen? Grandmas will curse you out under your breath. You don't know. And Anyway. So forgiveness, verse 4, he says, he, he chose, now watch this, in verse 4 he says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless. That was all done before we were even created. This is, this is like mind-blowing, watch this. Before you could do anything to earn it or deserve it, he chose us to be holy and blameless. As good as some of you are, have you ever felt holy and blameless. All right, I'm in the right church then. In Christ, we've been given every spiritual blessing. The word says he chose us to be holy and blameless. What does that mean? That's a fancy Christian term. It's called justification. To be forgiven me, me, makes it like we haven't done anything wrong. To be justified makes it like we've always done everything right. In Christ, it's like we've never done anything wrong and like we've always done everything right. Wow. 
He chose us. That means we've been set apart. That's another fancy Christian word. That's sanctification. Sanctification means to be set apart, to be made holy, to be in Christ. Positionally, we're sanctified in Christ. He sees us holy. Do you you know that? God sees you holy. I'm talking to you that's hiding from God all the time. God sees you. If you're in Christ, let's, let's be clear. If you're just visiting, if you're just hanging around the fence, that's not you. If you're in Christ, if you've believed in Christ as your Savior, if you've asked Him to to be the Lord of your life, not just hang out with you on Sundays. If you're in Christ, positionally, God sees you sanctified. You're holy. But you and I know we still blow it. Anybody? Anybody still sinning? Yeah, let's not celebrate that, but, but... but right, let's, let's keep it real, right? We are. Right? We still blow it. And so I, I love the word. In Hebrews, it talks about those of, it talks about us as saying we're being sanctified. Isn't that a lot better? God, what does that mean? God is working on us. God is, we're being sanctified. It's about maturity. It, and that's why, church, it matters how you live. It matters what you do. We can walk away and say, we can like cut right here and leave. I'm going to leave now because it's bueno todavía. I'm going to leave now and say, I'm sanctified. God sees me holy. I'm blessed. I got everything I need. I'm going to walk out. Because if I stick around, he's going to tell me that it matters how I live. If, it, if I stick around, he's going to tell me that I'm going to be held accountable for the things I do. If I stick around, he's going to tell me that, man, this affects my whole life. Being sanctified, it, it's a matter of, Paul told us in 1 Corinthians, listen, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. A lot of us get stuck because we haven't put away childish things. Let me tell you, it's not cute to be a 40-year-old child. That was too loud from some of you wives. <laughs> When it's something good like that, just hold it in. And, and, and church, please, you know, hear, hear this heart here and in my heart. This isn't about being good enough. Yeah, I already told you, you can't be good enough. This isn't about earning our way with God. This isn't about if you, if you really try, God will love you. No, God already loves you. Amen? You've already, you're already sanctified. In Christ, you already have every spiritual blessing in heaven. It's about growing in Christ. <laughs> it's about becoming mature. This is grace. We're, we're not, in, in verse 5, it says, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ. So that means even when we're far from Him, listen, Christians love to quote Jeremiah. Jeremiah 20, God has a plan for you. Shut up. It's bigger than that. You've been chosen to be adopted as sons, right? I could have a plan for your life. So what? But I'm not going to adopt all of you as sons and daughters. That's a big thing. Amen? And so this is where the movie reference ties in. Dr. Strange stands outside of time and he looks ahead and at all the possible outcomes of this battle that they're in. And so he's looking at something that hasn't happened yet. I love this. Watch this. 
He's looking at something that hasn't happened yet, but he's able to see it. That's just comic book stuff. Don't judge me. That's, you know, whatever. Sorcery, wizardry, God is against all of that, but that's not what we're talking about. It's just an illustration. Slow down. So he sees everything that hasn't happened yet. He, he's looking. So God, the creator of the universe, who's standing outside of time, who, because time is a created thing. So you know that for God to create time, he had to be bigger than time, right? I know this is so hard for us to understand because for us, everything is time. Everything starts and finishes everything, and everything happens along the way. For God, time is just something that's created. He stands outside of time. So he sees your beginning and your end. And, and it's probably not even that long on him, right? He, he sees your beginning and your end and everything in between. Let's, he sees your beginning and your end and everything in between. Probably more like he sees your beginning and your end and everything in between. Because he's, he's outside of time, right? So he stands out and he looks ahead at man who he hasn't even created yet. And he chooses... Oh, He chooses that we would be created in his image and that we would bring him glory. And that we would have fellowship with him and that we would be holy and blameless before him. Now, now God is three in one. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So God, he creates us in community to live in community because he's community. He's three. You see, like we, we, we think a lot of us say, well, I don't have to be a part of church. I could just listen to the word at home. I could just read my Bible. I don't need church. I don't need. No, God is three in one. He is community. So he created us to live in community. It's not good for men to be alone, it says in Genesis. And so he, 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 um, in the beginning, he says, before the foundations of the earth, he says, remember in Genesis, he says, let us Make man in our image. He uses words like us and our. Communal words. Community. Amen? So as they look at creation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they see every possible outcome of the battle. So to borrow from the movie reference, God, who is outside of time, he looked ahead and he saw there were millions of outcomes that would present themselves after he created us. You still following me? So by the time Adam walked the earth and he was hanging out with Eve, naked and unafraid, God already knew that Eve would be deceived. He already knew that Adam would be disobedient. He already knew that they would fall when they gathered around the wrong tree, when they entertained the talking snake, when they fell and they took a bite. This hasn't even happened yet, but God has already said, I've been there. When they were hiding now after sinning and they were hiding and they were naked and afraid. And they needed a covering to be reconciled to God once again. And God, who had already seen every possible outcome from the beginning to the end, he knew that they would need a covering. He said, I've already done that. See, it's easier for us to think, and kind of maybe this is how I've always thought about it. It's easier for us to think that it was after the fall that God created a plan. It was after we blew it. It was after he, he was maybe watching Eve one day and she's hanging out by the tree and he's like, come on, bro, really? 
Are you really going to hang? There's one tree. I told you you can eat from anything in the garden. Six acres of, of Pelham Bay Park. See, I mean, I told you you can eat. And really, you're going to hang out by that one tree that I told you don't eat from. It's easy for us to think that that's how kind of this happened, right? And then, and then Adam is hanging out and he's hanging out by the tree too. And then the talking snake comes and God said, really, really, is this is going to happen. Is this is how this is going to go down? And the, the snake starts talking and, 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 and God is looking at Adam like, really, bro, you're going to let her, you're going to let your wife just talk to a snake. You don't see nothing wrong with that. Really? And you're just going to let him, you're just going to let him talk about me just like that. You're just going to let that rock. Everything he just said, you're just going to let that rock. You're not going to snap his neck. You're not going to do nothing, right? And it's easy for us to think that that happened. And so then after they fell and they were, they realized that they were naked and they felt shame. And so then, then God said, okay, I'll kill an animal, I'll, from the skins, I'll make a covering for them, and, and that way they can stand unashamed before me, thus giving us a picture of the gospel. That blood would have to be shed, an animal would have to die to pay for our sins so that we could be covered, so that we can stand before God for a moment. And it's easy for us to think that that's how this happened. It was after they fell. It was after this happened. God said, uh, I have a plan, right? Uh, but, but, but God is telling us that before he cre- he looked ahead like Dr. Strange. And he saw already before the foundations of the earth, he saw the snake and Eve and Adam and the fall and the, and the glory and the, and the killing and the sacrifice. And, and he saw it all. That's, that's the reckless love of God. Can we, can, can we just thank him for that for a minute? How many of us, listen, listen. How many of us, if we knew the outcome, we'll still go through with it? If you knew that people would fail you, Ten years from now, would you still be friends with him now? If you knew that marriage would end in divorce, would you still get married? If you knew your kids would end up ruining their lives at 30, 40, 50 years old, would you still decide to have them and love them? If you knew... Paul is saying here at the start, God knew the outcome. He's been there, done that. And he chose to love us anyway. They see the fall of man. They see the rejection of man. Imagine now the, 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 the community of God, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're looking right ahead at this thing that hasn't happened yet. And they chose to love us anyway. They see the fall of man. They see the rejection of man. They see the perversion of man. They see every sin that will ever commit plain before them. They see every idol that will set up and worship. They listen to the words of the atheists and the evolutionists. They listen as people say, I know that all of this uh, creation looks like it demands uh, uh, a creator, but it's not necessary. It could have happened this way. And they hear the scientists try to uh, justify how if, if, 
if this crea- if this bang happened just at the right time, with the right atmosphere, with the right time, with the right place, at the right section, with the right amount of earth and dirt and, and sun and light and moon, if this happened just like that, it's true, life could create itself. And they listen to the words of of the the agnostic and say, I don't believe in nothing. I don't don't know if I I believe. They listen to the words of the... They they witness how even those that worship God will be divided and will tear each other down and will huddle into different buildings with churches under different names. It's as if the Spirit sees 14,604,000 outcomes in the heart of men and the Father asked, is there any outcome where they can win? Is there any outcome where they can be pure and spotless before me? Where they can worship freely? Where they can love me and show their love for me in the way that they love one another? Is there any outcome where they can be image bearers? And so the ones who get it first won't rest until the others get it also. And Jesus says, there's only one way. I'll go and I'll pay the price. I'll redeem them. There's only one way. I'll redeem them. And then the Holy Spirit says, and I'll go after him. And I'll comfort them. And I'll convict them. And I'll counsel them. And I'll guide them. See, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. What is God saying to us here? Even before he created us, he chose us in him. The full gospel is this. God made it perfectly. We broke it willfully. Jesus redeemed it totally. God says, I've been there. I've done that. And that's the start of Ephesians. Worship team, you guys can can come. That's the start of Ephesians. I pray that that picture will never leave your... You'll probably go see the movie now if you haven't. But you'll see it differently. We prayed this morning that the word would break our heart or heal it. Verse 9 says that his word is, is making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose, which he sets forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. So in Ephesians, he talks about the mystery of his will. Because up until the New Testament, up until Christ, uh, it was a mystery. A lot of of God's uh, uh, purpose, a lot of these plans, it was a mystery. In Ephesians and in the Gospels, we learn what the mystery is. You know what the mystery of his will is? Up until this time, throughout the Old Testament, it was only the Jews. It was only God's people that all of this applied to. 
Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. It was, on, yeah, it was only God's people that this applied to. That's the mystery of, of the word. And the mystery is this, that we can all, Jew or Gentile, our lineage doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter where we've done. In Christ, the mystery is that we're all included. You don't understand. what this To us, this doesn't seem big deal. But, but to the people in Ephesus, to, to that church, to the Jews, to the people that he's speaking to, this would have blown their minds. This is, this is saying, what? You mean the Dominicans and the Mexicans too? Like, you can't be serious. Yes. And the Jamaicans and the Puerto Ricans. Not just the Jewish people. Not just my chosen people. But this is, the mystery is that even Dominicans with no socks are accepted (laughs) into. And so listen, no matter where you are today, listen, listen, listen. Listen. I love, I love you guys. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Caesar, relax, bro. Even Cubans. Even the Cubans. But it's beautiful. Do you understand? The, it's a beautiful mystery. It's not just this. It's all. Every single one of us. God says it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. Wherever you've coming from, I've been there. And whatever you needed to get to where God, I've done that. Jesus said, I've been there and I've done that. The key though, is we have to be in Christ. We can't be spiritual. We can't... um, yeah, you know, I love, uh, I'm in touch with, no, no. I don't care what's touching you or who's touching you. We, we have to be in Christ. The word says we have to understand that this Godhead, this, this Trinity, this triune God, this community of God said, I'll go. There's only one way. Jesus said, there's only one. I've seen 14,604,000 outcomes of this battle. People, listen, there's only one way where you can win. There's only one chance you have. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the door. I am the life. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the gatekeeper. I am the only way. No other name under heaven and earth by which you can be saved. There's, There's no other way. And so I invite you this morning, if you, if you don't know, let me demystify everything for you. If you don't know, there's only one way, and it's available to you. That's the beauty of Ephesians. So I invite you to come. Let's all stand for a moment. I invite you to come and to be in Christ. And listen, some of you, maybe you've made these decisions and you've made these choices and you've, made, you've done this a long, long time ago. You did it as a kid, maybe. You've been coming to church for a long time. But listen, you know, sometimes we need to solidify something, amen? 
Sometimes you need to make sure of some things. You need to make sure the ground that you're standing on. And so I'm going to invite you today. I I don't do this all the time, but I'm going to invite you today to receive forgiveness. To receive redemption. To receive justification. To walk, to start to walk in your sanctification. And the biggest thing, I want you to receive adoption. I want you to be able to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. If you, if you haven't done that, if you don't see yourself in that, I, you need to come. You just come join me. Join me. Join me. Join me. Join me. Join me. Prayer team, you guys can come. Amen. Sorry, buddy. Scared me. I thought shots were fired. Just come. Forgiveness is yours. Redemption is yours. Justification is yours. Sanctification can begin today. God said, I'm sanctifying you in Christ. Come on. Don't hold back. This is a free gift. Don't hold back. Stop being stubborn. somebody to stand with you and pray with you just approach anybody up here we'll we'll stand and we'll pray as the worship team is just going to worship real softly can we rejoice for a quick moment that there was only one way and we're walking in it today and that in this battle in this one way we can actually win. You and David could take it away. I got him. I got him. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, buddy. We honor you, Jesus. In all my need, 
your time now You have his attention now He's captured your heart today So don't wait Don't fear Don't fear now So I will rise Stand redeemed Sing it out, just sing. And I will rise. like a hug from God right there. There's no prejudice or no justice or injustice in him. You know, that's pure right there. And that's how God loves you. If you're here today, there's no prejudice. There's no conditions. just love that he extends to you because he saw what was broken and it was his mission to make it right again to fix it so we've heard today that it didn't catch God off God because he knew from the beginning to the end and everything in between and he saw you and he saw each and every person here and he knew that this would be your day, that you would be here, that you would hear a word that would change your life. 
that will cause you to want to live again, that will cause you to want to fly and be free again that would break every shackle, that would break every chain over your life, every destructive word, that it would fall to the ground because you would identify with him again. And that he would live inside of you again. And that you would want this. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. Father, for your grace, for your mercy. It is because of your grace that we stand here this, today. It's because of your grace why we can just be in your presence, Lord. And Father, there's a lot of, there's a lot of changing. There's a lot of things that we... But Father, you've been patient enough to walk through it with us. Father, you know we're not perfect, but you love us still. And when we have conditions, you have no conditions, Lord. So, Father, our heart is to be pleasing to you. Yet we fell over and over again. But your heart, Lord, and your promise is to never leave us or forsake us. And you never fail. So, Father, we trust in you, Father. And though we don't know everything, and though we don't know our past, Oh, we don't know our future, Lord. But the one thing that we do know is that our future lies in you. And if our future lies in you, then we're good. We're okay. And what I wanted to say is that we don't care about our past. Because our past is the past. And you have made all things new, Lord. So we step into this new life that he's given us. And we'll go from glory to glory. And don't think that you'll get it right overnight. But his grace is sufficient for you. So I want you to understand today that you are blessed. And he has blessed you and your family. And there are a lot of people that need to know exactly this thing that you have this amazing relationship that you have with God and if he's brought you this far not only for yourself but he's brought you so that you would speak to other people that they would have this opportunity to know God this opportunity of freedom this opportunity of redemption because trust me what God had to pay was a large price and he ain't hold back so please don't hold back man people need you they need to see God in you. So you are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy.